Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. out in the hallways earlier and I heard two guys talking about what they were going to get their wife for Christmas. You know, they didn't know I was listening, so I was sort of, you know, uh, just being that guy. And one of them said, you know what? He said, I'm going to get my wife. And the other guy said, what? He said, I'm just going to put a bow on my head and say, honey, this is me. This is it. Yeah. And then the other guy said, yeah, I'm not getting my wife much either. That's funny right there. The first service booed me for that. I thought they were going to throw something at me. I'm like, what's wrong with you people? Oh, boy. I I love this time of year. And uh, it's just sort of, you know, I I think a lot of stuff, uh, about a lot of stuff, probably too deeply at times, but... You know, I just ask myself, what is it that it excites uh, children about this time of year? You know, and I, I'm not going to ask that question because there's so many answers that you could give me. But as I begin to think, or, you know, what is it? Of course, uh, you know, it's the anticipation of Santa coming. You know, it's like Santa's going to come, you know. And, and then, uh, then with parents, when you've uh, got the shopping done and and, you know, it's something that you're excited about giving your children. There's that excitement about that. You know, it's just, there's just this excitement that brews. And, and then there's some of us that, you know, like uh, Rhonda and I right now, our, our children are grown. And, and, of course, we don't have any grandkids at this point, which is a great time in life uh, right now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're not broke yet. So, uh, hallelujah. But, uh, so any, but, but it's, but trying to, how do you keep that, you know, that, what is it? That what is it? Because I want to keep that what is it to be excited about Christmas. And, and as I've thought about this, I think the one word that comes to mind when we're thinking about Christmas, what makes it exciting is the word anticipation. It's when we begin to anticipate it. You know, it's like that child, Santa's coming, you know, every day asking mom, is it, you know, are we close there? Is it, is it time yet? Or is Santa coming tonight? You know, it's that anticipation that child has. And again, that anticipation for that parent or grandparent that they can't wait to give the gift. It's that anticipation. But what I want you to understand is this, is that you have to prepare for that. It doesn't just happen. You know, when you prepare for Christmas and 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 would you agree with me? I have this statement coming up that I think is one that I hope that will arrest your mind today to help you have a Merry Christmas because there's one more week left. And that statement is this. It says this. Preparation precedes anticipation. Let me say it again. Preparation precedes anticipation. And so some of you, Christmas is a week away. You got to get it now or you're going to miss it, right? And so we got to learn how, how do we prepare? We have one week left to prepare for, for this exciting time of the year. And so today I'd like to talk to you about that, how to prepare for Christmas. 
because I do believe that as of today that we can turn it around. Maybe if you're, you know, have, haven't got the Christmas spirit yet, that maybe after today that you can get that. And so let's, let's go on the journey together. You ready? Okay, go ahead and fasten your seat belts because it's going to be bumpy today, all right? All right. So let's dive in. So how to prepare for Christmas, number one, would you write this down? The first thing I would say is renew your faith in God. Renew your faith in God. Now, as you write that down, I am going to introduce you to a couple that you probably haven't met before in the Scripture. Their name is Zachariah and Elizabeth, all right? Now, you've got to follow with me or you're going to miss this. Elizabeth actually was a cousin to Mary, the mother of Jesus, all right? And so as we begin to go into the story, you understand that, that what I'm about to share with you happened about six months before the angel come and talk to Mary and said that she's going to have baby Jesus, all right? So you tracking with me? So what the incident that we're about to talk about six months before actually happened. Remember, why, why am I telling you this? Because... Remember, preparation precedes anticipation. So God began to do some things way before he even talked to Mary to prepare for Christmas, right? Preparation precedes anticipation. So let's dive in and let's meet this couple. Here we go. Luke 1 and 13, it says this. The angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on. God has answered your prayer. Isn't that awesome? Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. Okay. He was talking about John the Baptist. If, if you've read any of the New Testament, remember there was a guy that, that started preaching about Jesus before he ever come, and his name was John the Baptist, all right? Okay. And then it, but what I want to say to this about this point is this, is that many times we stop praying about things. And what I want to say to you is this, is that just because you have give up on, given up on praying for it does not mean that God has given up on answering it. Okay, let me say that again. Just because you have stopped praying for it because you've given up does not mean that God has given up on answering it. Now, what, were they, what was Zach and Elizabeth praying about? They were praying about having a child. And, and listen, you're going to find out in just a moment that they were older. And they, you know, so they'd given up on having a child. And so it's important for you to remember that. Just because you have given up on it does not mean God's given up on it. Amen? And so this year, wouldn't this be a great Christmas for God to do the miracle, to answer the prayer that you've been praying? Wouldn't it be great this year to happen? That's right. So look for it. It may be the Christmas miracle you're looking for. All right. Look, it goes on and says this. Luke 1 and 18. Zach said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I am what? Now notice how he said, I'm an old man. That ain't happening, right? And, and my wife is, look, man, he's politically correct. This man is smart right here. Look what how he said. He said, I'm an old man. But what he said about her, he said, and my wife also is well along in years. <laughs> that is a smart man right there, right? Yes, he is. 
My wife's a well along in years. So Zach, what he did was the angel come and said, listen, you're going to have a child. And he said, oh, no, you, didn't miss it. you got the wrong address. I'm an old man now. My wife is well along in years. And that ain't happening. And so really, as he began to, as he began to say that, uh, he was saying that it's too late. You come too late. He said, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going back and telling my wife and breaking her heart again because, listen, the thing you don't know about Zach was he was a preacher. He, he was a, a person that it was a priest who, who led the sacrifices. He went to church every week. You know, his, his tour of duty he had, you know, they would, they would do, he would work so many weeks and then another pastor would do it. And so, but still, he had lost his faith. He had lost his faith in the God of the impossible. I want to ask you a question. Have you lost your faith in the God of the impossible? Because he still does miracles. And that's what Christmas is all about. A miracle, right? A virgin having a baby. That's a miracle. Christmas is all about reminding us about a miracle. Okay, let's go on. Look at the verse number 19. <laughs> then the angel said, I am who? Gabriel. Notice that. I'm telling you, the, the angel had a little attitude right here. I mean, he said that. Matter of fact, let's just go back and read those three words again and do it with a little attitude because that's what Gabriel said. Let's read them again. You ready? Come on. I am Gabriel. You don't know who you're talking to, Joker. Look what he's, this one, the next statement sums this up. Look what he says. I stand in the very presence of who? In other words, I'm not one of those angels that's just out there just messing around. No, I stand in the presence of God. You don't know who you're talking to. And you're doubting me? You talking to me? <laughs> you guys got to read the Bible a little more imagination. All right. So he goes on and says this. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now since you didn't believe what I said... You will be silent and unable to speak until when? Until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled. Now let's read those next words that are underlined. You ready? Come on. At the proper time. Oh boy. I have a couple of thoughts right here. One is this. Is it maybe, maybe Zach's had a problem with his mouth spouting doubt. Just maybe. If there's anything that will kill Christmas is to have someone whose mouth is spouting doubt. Do you agree with that? And so, here's the deal. God had to shut his mouth in order to open his heart. <laughs> Woo! Somebody wants some duct tape right now, don't you? <laughs> You're like, yeah, I know that one. God, God, had to, God had to shut his mouth to open his heart again. Why? Because apparently his mouth was spouting doubt. Matter of fact, he said that to the angel, right? Oh, you, you say you're from God, but I'm telling you, I'm an old man. And my wife, she's fast those years. That ain't happening, buddy. And see, maybe right now, maybe in the middle of where you are right now, just maybe, your mouth may be spouting, spouting doubt. And I want to tell you something. Maybe over the next few weeks, why don't you 
Why don't you guard your mouth? Matter of fact, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Maybe why don't you try listening twice as much as you told? And maybe you'll have your Christmas miracle. When I close my mouth, God opens my heart. So I have a question for you. The question is, are you speaking faith? Are you speaking doubt? We have a saying here at SEC. It says this, if you don't like what you're seeing, watch what you're saying. If you don't like what you're seeing, watch what you're saying. And that's exactly what, I mean, that's exactly what happened with old Zach. And Zach was he, was, he was doing the routine. He got in a routine. He was still going to church. He was still doing, checking all the boxes. But yet, somehow, he lost his faith in the God of the impossible. Okay, look what it says. All right. It says this, Luke 1 and 23, when Zach's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterwards, his wife Elizabeth became what? Boy. And went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having what? No children. Now, I don't know if you just call what happened. When Zach shut up, Elizabeth perked up. That's all I'm saying. You fill in the blanks. All of a sudden, you know, a child was born once he did that. And isn't it amazing how that, how that we can kill Christmas with our words? So, so be careful what you say, because I'm telling you, it's that God's got a miracle for you, but many times you can, you can kill what God is doing with your tongue, and especially during this time, because when you get around those people at Christmas that are, that, you know, the, they're the EGRs, extra grace required people, you know? You say, well, I don't have anybody like that in my family. Well, that's you. You're it. <laughs> if you don't know who they are, you're it, all right? And so be careful because our words can, can, can kill things. And that's what we're learning here. But God did a miracle. All of a sudden, she's expecting a child in her old age. It's a miracle. You see, what I want you to understand today, that just because you've stopped praying for it, does not mean that God has given up on answering it. Never give up on God. Amen? Amen. And so now as we, uh, as we move forward, but remember what we're saying is, is preparation precedes anticipation. So, so, so they're having to be some preparation being made for Christmas. And so the second thing I'd like to share with you about how to prepare for Christmas, number two, would you write this down? Is plan time for family connections. Plan time for family connections. I want to lean into this a little more. So look at Luke 1 and 39. It says this. A few days later... Mary. Now let me stop right there. Mary, the mother of Jesus, who we're talking about now. Remember, she and Elizabeth are cousins. But apparently Elizabeth is older. So now that the angel has come, Gabriel, the same angel that come and talked to Zach, you know, Zach said, Oh, what you talking about? You're crazy. Sealed his mouth up. Elizabeth becomes pregnant. Now, six months later, that angel goes and talks to Mary and says, Mary, you're going to have a child. 
And Mary says, well, how can this be? I've never been with anyone. How can I have a child? Remember that story, how that happened? And then, and then finally the angel says, you know, all things are possible with God. And Mary finally said, Lord, let it be to me what you have said. Let it happen. And as soon as that conversation was over, this is when we pick up the story right here. Look what happened. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted who? Notice she didn't greet Zach. His mouth shut. He went, hmm, 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 Okay, I thought that was funny, but anyways. His mouth sealed up. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with what? The Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave, uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth gave a glad cry, exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Now notice what happened here. Mary had received this word from the angel that I'm going to have a baby. She said, oh, I'm going to have a baby. Whoo! Okay. Do you go and tell your mom, hey, mom, listen, especially in their culture, you know, like in their culture, if you fool around, they just kill you. I mean, they just stone you. Drag you out in the street and stone you. So can you see her going to her mom and say, mom, I just got to tell you something. My angel just come to me, and I'm pregnant. I'm going to have a baby. She's like, what is his name? And where does he live, Right? Don't tell me no angel. You might have thought he was an angel, but he's the devil. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Huh? You mess it with, huh? And so she couldn't go tell her mom. And could you imagine her trying to tell her dad, hey, dad, just want to let you know, you know, I'm, I'm expecting the child and you're going to be a granddad. And, but, you know, dad, I haven't slept with anybody. Oh, yeah? He's taking her to the cuckoo place, Right? Because something, so something I added. So what I'm trying to tell you is that Mary had no one she could confide in. And so she went to her older cousin and thought, well, maybe I'll get around to telling her. But here's the good news. Because God is so good, when Mary gets there, as soon as she gets there, Mary didn't even say a word. She just opens up. The Bible says the Holy Spirit comes on Elizabeth. And Lizzie begins to tell her, honey child, let me tell you, that baby inside of you is going to be great. Don't you love it when they say honey child? Again, imagination. Uh, and so she begins to tell her that. Elizabeth, listen, Elizabeth began to not only tell Mary about the baby that she was going to have, which can't you, can you imagine the relief that it brought Mary to know that, hey, she wasn't crazy, that she really, she really did see the angel and all this really did happen. It wasn't a dream. And then Elizabeth begins to share with Mary her experience. Now, here's what I want you to listen to this. She begins to share with her experience. Again, all this is coming right before Christmas. Remember, we're talking about preparation precedes anticipation. So Elizabeth tells her about her child and how it happened. Watch this. Christmas time and family time is a great time to share your family stories. Don't you think it would be great this Christmas if everybody took these things right here? We're all, we all sit around going this right here. And we're looking at everybody else's business when our whole family's sitting right there. And you're never going to get this time again. In my family, I'll give you a little history. My family, both of my grandfathers struggled with alcohol. I mean, really struggled. On my mother's side, my grandfather, uh, he struggled with this, and I remember being a little boy and going to their house, and, and this was a routine, and my grandfather was, he would, he, he would go to work, 
great worker, come home, have dinner, and he would drink. He would sit on his front porch in his swing, and he would pass out. My grandmother would go wake him up. He'd go to bed, get up, and repeat the same thing every morning. And I remember one night sitting, one evening going and sitting on the swing with him. And my grandfather was a great man. He was a good man. He just struggled. And while he was sitting there, he said, Jeff, I want to tell you something. I don't know why he told me that. I must have been maybe nine or ten years old. I have, I have no idea. I can't remember my age, but I was a little boy. And I can remember, I can, I can tell you how the, you know, the, it, was, it was starting to get a little bit dark outside. It was a summer day, actually. And it started getting a little dark. And I remember him telling me, he said, Jeff, I want to tell you. He said, you know, I never got past the third grade. He said, when I, was a, as soon as, when I was a little boy, as soon as I was able, I had to go to work. I had to work in the field. My family was very poor. And he said, son, I can't even write my name. I don't know if this was one of those moments of just confession or what, but he, he just began to tell me about that. And he told me how I had to stay in school and all this stuff. And then he told me something else. He said, I want you to know one day when I was a young man, out in the fields plowing, and his plowing was, he had a, like, you know, there were mules and a plow behind it. It wasn't a tractor. He said, I was plowing the mule, and while I was out there by myself, he said, I'm telling you, he called it the unseen hand touched me. He said, and I fell to my knees. And he said, Jeff, it was, the, he said, it was God touched me, and he said something to me. And he said, son, don't you ever, ever doubt that there's a God and don't you ever, ever doubt that he can talk to you no matter what you think. That never left me. I didn't know then that I was going to be a preacher. That was the last I made fun of preachers. I threw rocks at this church bus when they went by, you know. I was like, oh, no wonder I'm being paid back so. The good news is my grandfather gave his life to Christ several years before he passed away. He stopped drinking. The work that God begun in my grandfather when he was a young man out there plowing that field, his hand touched him. Even though everybody else had given up on him, God never gave up on him. And the message to me was this. this, That family story was this. I don't know why, but I could never get that out of my mind. I mean, I thought about it all of my life. Even when I was out there doing this crazy stuff, way away from God, still that that story just permeated in my mind over and over. And guess what? I've, I've held on to that many times, that God can do miracles inside of me no matter what. And God can speak to me no matter what. And God can speak to you no matter what. Maybe, maybe you're not in the best place in your life right now and maybe you feel like you're a million miles away from God I'm telling you that unseen hand of God still can come and talk, touch you and talk to you amen amen he can he can he can so tell the stories tell the stories of your family listen they need to know the family tell the good ones and so I have a next step for you on your connection card look what it says it says, I will be the listener and encourager at my family gathering this year. Why don't you do that? Why, and check the box because we're going to pray for you. That you'll be the listener and the encourager. All right, let's move on. Number three. Remember what we said? Preparation precedes anticipation. We've got to prepare. Well, number two. So number three is this. How to prepare for Christmas. You ready? Would you write this down? Sing your favorite Christmas song. Okay. 
Let me tell you what I found out this week in studying. I found out that when you sing, it relaxes you. Okay, now, sometimes when I sing, it stresses other people. <laughs> but it relaxes me. I didn't really realize this, but there's a scientific study that when you sing, it relaxes you. It relaxes you. You know, it, it, it's, it's proven that physically your jaw muscles begin to release, your shoulders begin to get a little bit not so tight, your tension goes down. It is awesome. Singing is awesome for you. You should do it often, okay? And then this is what I found out, you know, but, you know, singing Christmas songs all the time is not so good for you. I found this out from my wife. You know, Rhonda loves music. Oh, she loves music. You know, her, she and Caitlin are just, wow, they just love it. But I got into her car this last week, and I got in there, and when I got in there, there was a song that was playing on the radio that says, uh, you name the kids and I'll name the dogs. I said, what are you listening to here? It was country music. She hates country music. I said, what is going on? I love country music. She hates it. I said, what's going on here? She says, I can't take it anymore. She couldn't take it anymore listen to, listen to uh, Christmas songs. You know, all the Christian stations, stations that's all they're playing is Christmas. She said, I, just, I can't take it anymore. I said, well, really? She said, yeah. And so just a few minutes, you know, so... I don't mind listening to the, you know, you name the kids and I don't name the dogs. <laughs> Checking you for ticks and all this. I don't know. <laughs> okay, never mind. You have to look that one up. But anyways, I <laughs> it amazes me with country music. And so, you know, I'm like, okay. But a little bit later, she started singing. But she started singing a Christmas song. I said, listen, that don't make any sense. I said, you're singing a Christmas song. And she said, it was different when I'm singing it. And so that's true. Remember we said preparation precedes anticipation. There's something about singing before Christmas. And I want to tell you that this is what happened. In this story, after, after Elizabeth talks to Mary, Mary breaks out in a song. Look what it says right here. Luke voice called. It's actually called Mary's song. It says this. Mary responded, oh, how my, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Now, I don't know the tune that she put to that. She went, oh, the, oh my soul praises, hallelujah, the Lord. I don't know. Again, imagination, people. Maybe it was a rap, you know, my spirit, oh, rejoices, boom, boom. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, yes, thank you. And so it's a song, okay? Now look what happened again. Now right before, remember, we're talking about preparation precedes anticipation. Remember? So, the, so, the, so Mary breaks out in this song before Jesus comes. And, and now look, the shepherds are out in the field. Remember that story? Before they go Christmas, before they see Jesus, look what happens. It says, the, this, very day in, uh, in this very day in David's town, your Savior was born, Christ the Lord. And this is what will, will prove it to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great army of heaven's angels appeared with the angels. What were they doing? What were they doing? Singing, singing praises to God. What were they singing? Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom he is pleased. They broke out in a song. And so I'm telling you, if you're going to prepare for Christmas, you've got to sing, baby. 
There's a difference between listening to Christmas music and you singing Christmas music. So right now, would you just stand up right now? Yes, stand up. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's, your, it's your time. Listen, I don't care. I don't care if you sing like me and nobody wants to hear it. It doesn't matter. It ain't about them. It's about you. And you, you getting ready. You ready? And we're going to sing a real spiritual song. Are you ready? Jingle bells. <laughs> you ready? Now, I'm going to lead you. So, so if you don't want to hear me, you got to sing loud. All right? Here we go. So we're going to sing jingle bells together. The words are coming up on the screen. You ready? Let's sing it together. You ready? Come on. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey! Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Yeah! Come on, give yourself a hand. Dashing? No, I'm just kidding. Have a seat. Now, don't you feel better? You look better. Dear God, some of you ought to sing a little more. Yes, look at you. So sing. You sing. Remember, preparation precedes anticipation. If you want to enjoy this, go sing this week. Sing. Okay, number four. Number four is this, is how to prepare for Christmas is prepare to give with joy. Prepare to give with joy. John 3.16 is, is one of the most awesome verses in the whole Bible because it tells us about God's love for us. Look what it says. It says this, For God so what? Love the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, when you read this verse, do you, do you picture God as being mad? No. We picture joy, right? God so loved the world. We picture joy. So what I want you to understand is this, is that, here it is. The person who gives the most is the person who gives with joy. Did you hear that? The person who gives the most is the person who gives with joy. Remember, Krista, it's not about the size of your gift. It's not about the cost of your gift. It's about giving with joy. Give the gift with joy. Now, there's one thing that kills joy. I mean, well, just shoot it right out of the sky. Shoot out of your heart, and you'll be a Grinch at Christmas if you do this. The enemy of joy... Or what steals joy is this, I would say, is the word comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. When you begin to compare your family to someone else's family, you're going to be miserable, right? Because we only see the good stuff, right? When you compare your marriage to someone else's marriage, you're going to be miserable, when you compare your job to someone else's job, you're going to be miserable. When you compare your Christmas gift to someone else's Christmas gift, you're going to be miserable. Stop comparing. You know, if you stop comparing, maybe you'll stop wanting to swear. No comparing, no swearing, right? I don't know, but anyways, maybe you remember that. So what I'm trying to tell you today is this, is watch this. Giving. Giving, giving gives hope to the receiver 
and joy to the giver. That's what it's all about. You see that? Giving gives hope to the receiver and joy to the giver. That's what God did. Listen, when God sent Jesus to this earth and he died for your sins and my sins, that gives me hope. Do you know what? That, that's why that I can lay my head on my pillow at night and go to sleep and not worry about it because I know that if I, if I don't wake up here, I'll wake up there. Why? Because I have him in my heart. That, that's why, you know, that's why flying on an airplane doesn't bother me that much. Now, I'll tell you, every once in a while when they take a little nosedive, it does scare me a little bit. But I'm not going to freak out about that. Why? Because I know that I know that no matter when my life is over, that my last glimpse here will be my first glimpse there. Amen? I have that hope. And so I have hope. When, because he gave, because he gave, he gave me hope. When God gave, he gave me hope. And that, that's what he wants to give you is hope. And it gave him joy. Giving gives hope to the receiver and joy to the giver. And so today, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then my friend, you don't have hope. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you don't have it. But here's what I'm glad about is that we can offer it to you today. You do not have to live another Christmas, another day without hope. And you're never going to know peace until you have hope. Amen? Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.